Do you want more energy and less cravings? You might be on a blood sugar roller coaster. A lot of times when we're not balancing our blood sugar with the foods that we eat and the way we live our lives, we end up with lousy energy and those cravings to dig into candy or snacks throughout the day. Or maybe you need to work on lowering your blood sugar numbers. Maybe you've been to a doctor's appointment recently and you were told that you have elevated blood sugars or prediabetes. Or maybe you struggle with the inability to lose weight and body fat. At the time that this podcast airs, we're getting ready for our April Blood Sugar Balancing Challenge. This challenge will take place inside of the Goal Getters Group. It's only $9.99 per month to join the Goal Getters Group, plus you can try it out for free with a one-week free trial. Join the April Blood Sugar Balancing Challenge as we work to implement a new blood sugar balancing hack every week in April. The challenge begins on Monday, April 1st, 2024, and is a 30-day month-long challenge. We will focus on a new habit each week to habit stack and create a better blood sugar balancing routine, focusing on more protein, veggies, vinegar, and movement. Each one of these hacks is designed to improve our metabolism, create better blood sugar balance, improved energy, reduce cravings, and work to lower overall blood sugar numbers to improve our blood work too. Join the challenge to have support and accountability with the other Goal Getters members along with guidance from your registered dietitian, me, Brittany. Join the Blood Sugar Balancing Challenge by joining the Goal Getters group with the link below in the show notes. I hope to see you there. Welcome to the Your Life Nutrition Podcast. I'm Brittany Libertor, your registered dietitian nutritionist and mindful eating dietitian. Here on the podcast, we will be answering your questions all about nutrition and wellness while breaking down nutrition misinformation and giving you the truth that you can apply to your life. We will focus on changing your habits and your mindset to help you become a healthier version of yourself and a more mindful eater. Let's ditch the diets forever, find food freedom where you can eat pizza and ice cream all without the guilt, learn how to create balanced meals and snacks, and reach your health and nutrition goals. Let's do this. Hey, I'm Brittany Libertor, your registered dietitian nutritionist and mindful eating dietitian. Welcome back, Katie. Hello, hello. It's good to be here. Yes. And I'm excited to have another episode and a uh, good conversation. Uh, absolutely. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to actually be chill around all food, whether it's pizza or a salad, and how to just move on afterwards. So the thing is, like... You might be thinking like, well, if I allow myself to eat anything, I'm just going to not have any control over myself and I'm going to eat all the things. <laughs> Katie, can you relate from Absolutely. like your past? Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about like what your mindset was like with this in the past? Well, if I had one food that I deemed that was quote bad, then mm-hmm. I would put myself in timeout and I would be like, oh my gosh, like you can never eat anything else ever again or you have to eat every single thing that you've deemed bad for the whole entire day so for example right because it was like yes, a cheat day for yes, you it's like a free-for-all yeah like I'd wake up on whatever day it was like let's say I was like in college home on Christmas break and I was like well I'm gonna choose to eat like a Christmas cookie at 9 a.m well if I ate that Christmas cookie at 9 a.m I was gonna spiral and I was gonna eat whatever was in my sight yeah. throughout the whole entire day yeah. Oh, I completely can relate to that <laughs> as well. I just feel like, you know, it just led to such chaotic eating and I just didn't have any peace with food at all. So that's really what we want to talk about today is like how to make peace with all foods where you can eat 
that Christmas cookie mm-hmm. and not let it derail your entire day. And we're going to talk about the concept of food habituation, and that may be a new concept for a lot of you. So we are going to kind of break that down in today's episode. So if you have a strained relationship with food, then being around foods like pizza, donuts, cookies might be really hard for you, but your body is not naturally this way around foods. You can probably think back to a time when you weren't stressed about what you ate. A lot of, and sometimes that might have been years, decades ago, right? A lot of us can think back to like when we were kids when we just ate and we didn't really think about it and food was just food. Um, But over time, as we became adults, we were influenced by culture, you know, maybe became more. Uh, aware of our body image and just about how food affected us, then we started making judgments around food. Or again, diet culture was maybe telling us rules we should have around food. So um, the thing is, so I mentioned that term food habituation. And by working on incorporating foods and on a regular basis into your typical eating, like eating pizza and cookies on a more regular basis and taking them off that pedestal will help us to get out of that binge restrict and overeat cycle. You know, because when we restrict food and we tell ourselves we can't have certain things, then we are going to have that tendency and set ourselves up to overeat and Mm -hmm. then even binge on the food. So number one, I just want all the listeners to know and understand that you are not born a binger or an overeater. This was a developed habit. Just the way you learned it, you can also unlearn it. So I was actually just reflecting on today um, in preparation for this episode, like the first time I felt like I binged on food. Oh um, the first time I overate, <laughs> can you think about I, what that was for you? I can't. I honestly, no, I'm trying yeah. to think. Um, that is like, I can't even, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I'm I was, dumbfounded. I, I was just thinking about how maybe my childhood. I I think I would. I okay. Not overeat, but like really like overdo it where yeah, you felt like, like sick up. after. Yeah. And and you know this doesn't mean that you had to have thrown up, but that was just your situation. But <laughs> yeah. Um. I I think for me it was um a time when. I had been restricting for a really long time, like during the school year, like I was away at college. And then I ended up with like all this ice cream and peanut butter and I just like ate all of it. And it was a lot of food. And I just like, I was like in a trance. Like I didn't even know what I was doing. And not all of you who are listening may have experienced that. That was definitely a binge eating episode. But um, even overeating, right, where you kind of, you know, maybe you're at a party and you ate like multiple brownies and cookies Mm -hmm. and you had several slices of pizza and it was just like way more than maybe you intended on having. And you just kind of like let yourself loose in a sense. And um, that can just be overwhelming to kind of reflect on. And that's where a lot of the guilt and shame comes from, right? Because you're like, oh my gosh, what did I do? Like, I have no control over myself. But we take a step back. It all comes back to the fact that 
oftentimes we're restricting in some way. We're under eating in some way or restrict, we're restricting foods, which then leads to this overconsumption later at another time. So, no, I love that you asked me that question because I, I, as you were saying that I was listening, of course, to you, but I was also reflecting Mm -hmm. on those last times. And I look back at my childhood and I've always said this in previous episodes. I think that if you're in these situations, whether you're, you know, you have some type of a um, eating disorder or something other than that, or maybe you just wanted to change your relationship with food. I always tell people, I'm like, I think we have to always do a deep dive into like who we were as children, Mm -hmm. because I think like somewhere along the lines, like you formed some type of a habit, whether it was in your family or in your friend group or Mm -hmm. like maybe something you saw on TV, all the topics that we've talked about. But I look back at my childhood and I know that I, a couple instances, I, when I was younger, I would like with my best friend, Olivia (laughs) growing up, I would sit there, we'd watch a movie and I would like eat so many Mike and I candies to the point where I would throw up because like I would overeat and I don't know why I was doing, I couldn't tell you. I just think I was like really, really happy as a kid to like have all this candy. Right. Cause mm-hmm. it was like, yes, movie night, pop, everything like, and, and I'm not going to say like, that's how my mom and dad raised me. I mean, I guess, but like, they weren't like, Hey, overeat, puke until you right, eat. Like, I just exactly. don't think that they really knew like, Oh my child, like, I don't really. Yeah. Know. Well, but, yeah. And yeah. One other incident was just, like, when I went to, like, grade school dances, that like, Olivia's mom would make us chili, and I would eat a bunch of it because I was like, this is the best thing I've ever had. Yeah. Go to the dance, and I would, like, this is TMI, but I would throw it up. Yeah. But, like, I look back to those instances, and clearly, like, I wasn't—I I was not taught, like, that control, mindful, like— like, like listening to your body. Like, why were my friends not throwing up at the grade school dance? Right. Or going hard on the mic and I can't right. watching a movie. Like, so I think as you get older and you maybe, you know, I know that like my family, it was like, you know, I, at one point my parents went on South Beach diet. So in that point in the household, there was like this um, restricting. Yeah. So I think it was. That's where it stemmed from. Yeah. Because yeah. you probably were under yeah. eating. Like, under eating and maybe under your own roof at your own house. And then that was, like, leading you to that overeat at those other times where food was, like, available in bigger quantities. And I can actually – I was really trying hard. I'm like, I know that I had an instance – my binge eating issues really developed in college. But – when I was suffering from anorexia in high school, it was a summer. I was at a sleepover with friends, and there was pretzels and peanut butter, both of which I loved. But I ended up eating, I think, an entire bag of pretzel rods and probably <laughs> half of a jar of peanut butter in one sitting. And I remember that was the first time ever that I truly overate. Like, a lot. Hmm. A lot, a lot. You know what I mean? Like, of course, you probably had an extra cookie at a birthday party or something like that. But, like... But, it, yeah, you but know, being, it's like... Oh, that, where oh I my, was like, I'm whoa. Yeah. Feel like, I feel like I might throw up. And I was... And now, like, being on the other side of things, I realized that I was so under eating during that time of anorexia, and I was a swimmer, and I was swimming so yeah. many hours a day. Like, my body was literally starving. And so... I said all that to say that you, the listeners, you know, uh, listening to the podcast episode today, you may be 
you may recognize that you feel like you eat a big volume of food at a certain time. And again, you feel this like lack of control around food, but really I want you to evaluate like, what is your typical day-to-day eating? Like, are you going really long spans of time without eating? Mm -hmm. Are you eating small meals in an effort to restrict how much you eat to like lose weight or achieve like health goals? And it can backfire in the sense that you eat a ton of chips or pretzels or even spoonfuls of peanut butter because your body's literally starving. And so again, it may not be that, you know, you're like, well, Brittany, I don't have a, uh, I don't have a issue controlling myself around maybe like cookies or something, but maybe it is like pretzels and peanut butter. Maybe it is other food and it could just be because you're under eating and then overeating is usually going to happen later because your body is just literally like so hungry. So that was my, at least my example. It's so interesting because like, like just in that moment, you and me were both able to like look back and think of those times. Um, and I think when you like realize, I think for me, when I realized it was like a me issue and not like a, uh, like, I don't want to say like, um, cause I think when you're a kid, like you naturally, like, you know, Halloween candy, like you go hard oh, for sure. like that, you know? For sure. So I think like when, as I got older, it was like, oh no, like these actions that you're still doing at 18, 19, 17, 22, Because it became a habit. It became a habit. And yeah. this is no longer like normal and, you know. Well, and during that whole time, you were concerned about your body shape and size. Correct. You were concerned about a lot of those things. You were probably, you know, really soaking in diet culture and what diet culture had to say about what you should or shouldn't be eating. And so that really, again, you think back to like a time when you were younger, you we didn't just like come out of the womb overeating. Like this was a learned (laughs) behavior. And again, maybe you grew up in a household where food, candy, fun foods, you know, that we like to call it here, your Mm -hmm. life nutrition were restricted. So then being around other, you know, friends' houses or school or whatever, it, you may have overeaten, you know, I've, I have some teacher friends who told me that they have literally seen kids like eat cupcakes out of the garbage because wow. they're so restricted in their own households. Oh and so again, this just like goes to show you where like we do develop these like out of control type situations when food is restricted. So interesting. Yeah. So, you know, again, it could be that you're purposely telling yourself that, you know, you um, can't eat certain foods because they're good or bad. Or maybe again, like, you know, parents or guardians or mm-hmm. people in your life are telling you that. That you can't have or they're restricting it physically from you. So again, you know, I really try um, in my job as a dietitian, I only have a one-year-old at this point, but I know and believe that, you know, restricting kids access to that to a high degree of like never having junk food in the house or is not exactly it's It's not right it's it's not um showing them balance um and not showing them how to have a good relationship with food so um I know we're kind of I've been going on a lot of different side tangents here but but, but you know first I just want everyone to know that you were not born an overeater and this is a developed habit and you can work to unlearn it and that's exactly what we worked on in the coaching program with you Katie um Mm -hmm. as since you were uh, in the program previously and this is what I help my other clients with and really the you know first understanding that and second you have to work on making peace with food like 
you know, if you've been told that you can only eat certain foods, or maybe you've been abiding by a certain diet that is telling you, you can't eat things like carbs. Like when we tell ourselves we can't have them, we just want them more. (laughs) It's just like when a kid asks for a cookie before dinner, like there, and you say, no, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. Like, obviously we want them to try and eat like nourishing foods, you know, right. But it's important to recognize that, like, we're just going to keep thinking about the thing that we t- we're t- told we can't Absolutely. have, right? And But when we start to truly believe and, like, put into and change our mindset that food is just food, like, when you could practice food freedom, like we call it, and we've talked about this on previous episodes, we can become so much more chill around foods. Like, when we literally trust ourselves around food and we give ourselves unconditional permission to eat. This means allowing yourself to eat what you want, when you want, and without any guilt or shame. That is what food freedom is. And I'm not saying that this is easy, um, but, you know, giving yourself full permission to eat any food, you know, this may cause fear or anxiety because you might say, well, Brittany, I've never been able to, or at least not recently, whenever I'm around cupcakes or ice cream, like I always overeat them. And so this can be like, cause a lot of fear of like, how can I just let myself have these foods anytime you Mm -hmm. want? So, um, you know, if you've told yourself that you can only have certain foods in certain amounts or on certain days, like a Friday or Saturday, maybe like a cheat day, right? Um, then we're not really giving ourselves full permission to eat these foods. Yeah. Full permission to eat these foods would mean that if someone presented you the opportunity to go out for ice cream on a random Tuesday and You'd you truly no. wanted to go and have ice cream, you would have to, like, you would say yes. If you had full unconditional permission to eat, then you would you would eat that ice cream on a right. Tuesday. But if you didn't have food freedom, it would be like, no, it's not a Friday or Saturday. Like I can't eat that ice cream. So anyway, tell me, Katie, like when did you start discovering food freedom? Like what did that what came up for you when you tried to implement the food freedom concepts that we worked on in the coaching program? About two and a half. Three years, two and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. So, like, well, I started working on this about two and a half years ago. Yeah, I remember bread was, be, like, one of the first things for you. Yeah, and I, um, you know, it was just, like, a gradual process. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of trust. Um, mm-hmm. It was sweets. It was bread. Like, anything that was, like, my treat foods, which would be, like, you know, a cheeseburger or, um ice cream, Mm -hmm. like no, no foods, really anything that had bread, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, and desserts that I enjoyed because I would like want to overeat ice cream or overeat like candy or something. Um, and just discovering that food freedom, it took me a while to get to. And then once I did it though, it was like a, you know, one, one week it was like, okay, I'm going to earn my trust back with having two slices of pizza with a salad. Then it was like, I'm going to earn my trust back with having like a little bit of ice cream. But I reintroduced these foods as if like, I never once had a binge in my entire life Mm. and allowing myself to do that by just taking like a small bite before Mm. bed at night was saying like, this is you having control. This is you taking initiative. And mm-hmm. this is you gaining trust back with those foods. Yeah. And now, like, 
I just moved out um, at my parents' house after two years of being back home. Yes. And <laughs> it's been great, but it's only been like a week or so. But why I bring this up is because in between my move, I was driving back home to my parents' house because I had, you know, we were doing loads back and forth to pick up stuff. And as I was coming home for the night, I had called my dad and I said, hey, I want to get East Coast Custard. And East Coast Custard is this ice cream place that's, like, really popular in the greater in Cleveland, Cleveland area. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, and it was, like, in that moment, like, I would have tormented myself. I would have, like, said to myself I couldn't have it. I mean, it was, like, a Or you would have told yourself, oh, I have to go run yeah, X amount of miles tomorrow yeah, to make up for it. it. And then I would have ate, like, horrible things after it. Right. Because it was a whole Because it was binge. a treat yeah, and exactly. a binge. And, and yeah. so I think, you know, and we've been through this before. It's, like, I can't stress enough. It's look back into your past and then look forward into your future. Because mm. as you're looking forward into your future, you're going to think just quite simply. It's, like, so simple. It's not simple, right? in the moment right it's simple because you're thinking like okay if i just take one small bite of this and i just see how it makes me feel Mm -hmm. well tomorrow maybe i can take two bites and in three days i might not even crave this or you yeah maybe i will you are literally (laughs) talking exactly what food habituation is and what i've been kind of hinting at this whole episode so far but really we want to create an abundance mindset with food and You know, I also come from this um, statement in knowing that we are very privileged, that food isn't in scarcity. Mm -hmm. We are very privileged and we don't worry about food insecurity. And so, um, you know, Katie and I are very blessed in that. I have had the opportunity to work with um, food insecure populations and creating an abundant mindset with food may not be their reality. So abundance mindset means like we know that food is going to be there and we don't have to have this like urgency around food. Um, we don't have to fall into that last supper mindset. Like Katie was saying, you know, if you order, if you bought like a, a whole pint of ice cream, you didn't have to eat all of it, worried that it wasn't going to be there tomorrow. If you decided to take one bite before bed, you would know that the rest of it would still be there in the morning and you could still have more. And so again, I really like to be, you know, emotionally aware and sensitive to those who, you know, the urgency around food may always be there due to food insecurity or, um, the inability to get, you know, food and things of that nature due to maybe finances or, um, you know, the accessibility to foods. So I I wanted to just kind of put that caveat out there, but to kind of recap what I just mentioned, you know, we fall into that last supper mindset where we have to eat all the things because we can't allow ourselves to eat it tomorrow. But when we have that abundance mindset, when we know, Hey, um, this pretzels and peanut butter are still going to be in my pantry tomorrow. I can have them again. And guess what? I live five minutes from a grocery store. I can go get peanut, uh, you know, pretzels and peanut butter tomorrow if I wanted more and I ran out or whatever candy. You know, I was just having a conversation with a client about this where she was like kind of having a hard time, like managing the Easter candy after the holiday. And then she kind of, she had this epiphany with the whole abundance mindset thing where she was like, 
I can get Reese eggs anytime I want or Reese cups, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't need to eat all the Reese cups in my cabinet because I can always get them at another time. Like, I have the financial means to do that. I have a car. <laughs> like, I'm an adult. I can go and buy these whenever <laughs> I want. And so when we, like kind of snap ourselves really out of because it's so true it right? is yeah. it is so when we it snap ourselves silly, out of yeah right we snap ourselves out of the fact that like i don't need to finish this yeah. entire thing right now because it's still going to be here later or i can buy it another time like it's not going out it's not being discontinued people you know we will have the opportunity <laughs> to get it of. yeah exactly <laughs> we will have the opportunity to get it again in the future so and then if you're thinking well Brittany, if i'm giving myself unconditional permission to eat any food I want, like, I'm just not going to be able to control myself around it. Like, I just, I still, like, I kind of see where you're coming from with these different concepts, but I just, like, I don't know how that's going to be. You know, if I think about my favorite food, I'm just going to give the example of, like, if I love pizza, think about what eating pizza every single day for dinner is going to be like. You may love pizza. I know Katie loves pizza. Katie eats pizza like every week. But eating pizza like every single day. That's a lot. Every single night. Yeah. You like probably aren't going to want. You're going to want something else after a period of time. Mm -hmm. Like even if it's different varieties of pizza, like eventually you're going to be like, I want something else. Yeah. Yeah. But again, so like just think about the fact that like when we normalize these foods, these fun foods that we like to eat and practice that food habituation, it's going to take food off that pedestal. And by listening to your body, you can pick when and how much to have these foods. So again, like I'm not saying that you have to eat pizza every single night to practice this food habituation, but if you're allowing yourself to eat these foods more often and on a regular basis, it's just going to, you know, have less power over you. So the more you expose yourself to a food, the less power it's going to have over you. And you know, the more opportunities you're going to have to practice like that whole, you know, food is just food. Like there's no good or bad food. So the more you let yourself eat a food, the more normal it becomes. And, you know, you really have to allow yourself to eat a variety of foods and let go of the guilt. And you know, by doing this, it's going to normalize, it's going to ease up over time. And I would just challenge you to think about what is it like, Katie, like when you haven't seen a friend for a really long time? It feels good. Feels good. And like, you're going to try and make up for lost time, right? You're going to spend like a ton of time together. You're going to do all these things. That's kind of how it can be with food sometimes, right? Like it's like, Ooh, when I was like practicing food habituation with like ice cream, I felt like I was eating a lot of ice cream and I was just like really trying to get myself acclimated again. And there were times in the beginning where I overate the ice cream. Like I'm not saying that I ate like a perfectly sized portion every single time I had ice cream. Like, no, I still wanted a lot of it because I was like getting reacclimated with being around that food. And then over time I was like, okay, it's ice cream. I can have this anytime I want. Like it's not a big deal. And I actually don't really feel that good when I eat a big portion of it. So I'm actually going to stop eating. I love that you said that because I I literally, like, now that you're describing this, like, I've done that. So when I moved back home, it was really in the prime of, like, me, like, healed, getting back to normal, being normal. And now I've really, the last two years, spent the last two years trying to figure out, like, 
the foods that really serve me, mm-hmm. that I really, really like. Mm-hmm. Um, and by doing that, I have successfully said, hey, you know what? I like this. I like that. And I can have this when I want. And I don't mm-hmm. have any restrictions. Yeah. Um, and it's amazing when you let yourself, like, it's almost like, you know, because you think you're going to have, like, a band or you think something bad's going to happen. But... In reality, you're just trying to get out of your system to figure it out. Like, mm-hmm. I probably ate toast, like, every single day for, like, eight months. Yeah. For breakfast. Because I was, like, so excited. Yeah. It was, like... You were allowing yourself to eat it. And then you're, like, wow, I'm not going to, like... Right. Like, I don't balloon overnight after eating a piece I of bread. Know, like, I'm not going to die. It's the things that we were, like, telling ourselves were going to happen. Like, oh, you're going to gain all this weight. Or, oh, you're just going to, you know, have all these health issues because you're going to, like, you know, eat bread. And it's, like... No, no, that didn't happen. Didn't yeah. And I just remember back to like parties and vacations that really just meant all out binge eating. And even the weekends, like when I was like really in a restrictive mindset and then I would like go to a party, I just felt like I ate all the things and I felt so miserable after. And it's like, I feel like there's so many memories from vacations or parties or weekends where I don't even remember the memories I made because all I remember is how terrible I felt after. Yeah. How much guilt and shame and just like how bad my body felt and how just how badly I wanted to stop binging. But I didn't realize that I needed to stop restricting in order to stop overeating. <laughs> I know. To uh, so have your holidays free now. It's oh, it's such family. a beautiful thing. It's and don't such get me a beautiful wrong. Thing. I mean, like, sometimes my mom hands me that, like, you know, third Christmas ale or something, and I'm like, ooh, I feel a little bloated. Yeah. <laughs> but that's different. You're just celebrating. Like, yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it, I can clearly tell the difference between me indulging and enjoying versus overeating or right. over, you right. know, having, like, right. a, a filling beer or something like that. Yeah. And, and still to this day, it's funny because it's like, you know, you think... I don't know, like holidays and life and everything Mm -hmm. is just meant to be full of love and enjoyment. And you're not supposed to, yeah, you're not supposed to like be so miserable. Right. And (laughs) nothing is worth it. Absolutely. It's so great just being able to be like mindful and enjoy those fun foods and not be like stressed about it. Because the thing is, you set yourself up to overeat every time you restrict. So if you're like telling yourself like, oh, I'm just going to have this really small yogurt for breakfast and this salad with a little bit of chicken for lunch (laughs) and then for dinner, like I'll have a little bit of chicken and broccoli. Okay, not enough food for the day, not enough carbs. Like you're definitely not even eating enough to really fuel your body and then you're setting yourself up to have snack attacks all night long and like not have control over the pantry and in your kitchen because you're not eating enough yeah and the thing is like this is your body's natural response it doesn't mean you don't have willpower like your body literally doesn't know if you're gonna give it food tomorrow So that's why you're eating all the chips and all the pretzels and all the peanut butter or whatever those foods are that you struggle with at the end of the night. It's hungry. (laughs) It is literally hungry. So I just want you guys to think about any foods that you have deemed as bad and how you can acclimate yourself to these foods again. 
And remember, like it can feel intense with incorporating these foods into your home and into your life, but over time, you won't feel the need to eat these foods 24-7. Remember that the food's still going to be there in 30 minutes or in 30 days, depending on how long the food is shelf-stable for. So like when you just give yourself unconditional permission to eat those foods when you actually have a taste for them, food is so much more enjoyable. You're not just forcing yourself to eat these, you know, all these cookies or random foods that were in your pantry just because you like told yourself they were off limits at other times and then you just like randomly eat them. Oh my gosh, the memories just come swarming back of just (laughs) all the bags I would open during like an overeating experience or a binge eating episode. It's just so... The Brain Over Binge book, there's a book that Brittany... I still haven't gotten through the whole entire thing, but I read enough of it um, to, you know, get to the good... Some of the really good parts, and... Like her describing like her binge and like wrappers yeah. and everything, I was like, oh my gosh! I was like, somebody gets me. I know. I like actually, I- <laughs> yeah. Brand over binge was uh, written by a author, Catherine Hansen. It's so good. She actually also has a podcast, Brand over binge, and so highly recommend if you're just looking for some tidbits. But her book is wonderful. She also has an audiobook of it, and highly recommend if you're struggling with that. Um, but I just really want to encourage you to start giving your yourself more permission to eat all foods and you know say you are thinking about eating an oreo like that sounds really really good to you and you're tempted to say like no i shouldn't have this i want you to practice saying i have permission to eat this food and enjoy it without guilt i am allowed And just practice that. Again, the more we practice something, the more we're going to make progress and the more it's just going to become a natural part of your day-to-day life. Or if you're like, um, I don't know if I have the, you know, the strength to do that. Okay. Then say, Brittany gives me permission to eat this. (laughs) Because seriously, like, you know, my clients know, like, I am not the food police. I am not here to tell you what you can and can't eat. Like everyone has the foods that are satisfying to them to that, you know, make them enjoyable. Sure. We talk about healthy swaps here and there. And we talk about, you know, the things that you're eating on a a day-to-day basis that maybe you're going to, you know, tweak based on your health goals. But truly, you know, we need to remember that you can eat and you need to learn to find food freedom in order to never diet again and to not struggle with your relationship with food. And just remember that the food isn't going anywhere, you know? So when you're tempted to eat more, even when you're not hungry, remind yourself that you can always put it away and have it later. Even if you give yourself 20 minutes and then you're like, actually, I still really want that. Have it then. But if you're like, I I think I'm actually done right now or I'm actually not hungry for that right now, put it away for another time. It's going to be there later. And so just start bringing more foods one at a time back into the house create a plan to eat them and you know you can start to ask yourself like how many or how much feels satisfying so again if you are bringing oreos back into your house after not you know giving yourself the permission for a long time to eat those foods think about how many oreos is going to feel satisfying and setting yourself up to you know with that plan in mind is also going to be a lot more helpful than just like ripping open the package and letting yourself go to town because then we're again we're just in that habit of overeating but if you are intentional about incorporating those foods you're going to start to create better peace with food so yeah 
Amen. Yeah. Woo! Love it. (laughs) Well, this has been such a great episode. I hope that you have a better understanding of just how to make peace with food, how to be chill around food, and how to incorporate food to make it just feel normal and natural. The word of the day? Food habituation? Food habituation. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That is it. So thank you guys so much for joining the episode today. Uh, Katie, where can people go find you? Yes. I'm all over social media. You can just look me up. Katie Tersek, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the good stuff. Awesome. Well, we hope you found this information to be helpful. And just a reminder that we will release a new podcast episode together every other week. And we will talk to you on the next episode. Do you struggle with figuring out what foods to eat and how to meal plan? Maybe it's stress or emotional eating, not feeling comfortable in your clothes, feeling overwhelmed with weight gain, or maybe you need to lower your blood pressure, blood sugar, or cholesterol. If you answered yes to any of those questions, I would love to help you. To learn more about working with me, either one-on-one or to join our private accountability group called the Goal Gutters Group, head to my website, www.yourlifenutrition.org. If you want to have a free discovery call to see if we'd be a good fit to work together, fill out the coaching application and I will contact you to set up our call and we can see which option would work best for you. On the Your Life Nutrition website, you will also find recipes, testimonials, and other blog posts that you might find helpful on your journey. If you enjoyed today's episode and you want to follow along with more things Your Life Nutrition, you could check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Your Life Nutrition, where I love to post daily inspiration to help you become a healthier version of yourself.